Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Other Castle. The Other Castle! I'm Andrea from The Other Castle. And I am Tom. Still? Still. Really? Also of The Other Castle. Pretty consistent branding, Tom. Unlike our branding, which has changed since season four. We have a <laughs> brand new logo. We got more action on the Instagram. Come check us out at The Other Castle. Was that good? Did that was you like that? pretty good, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got really into making reels, especially when we were over at Amazing Comic Con. And just to throw it out there, we, I have this one reel of so much of the cool cosplay that we saw during the show. And I genuinely looked at it the other day just to be like, oh, man, that was a cool show. And I was like, oh, I remember them. Like, oh, they were so funny. Oh, that girl had three years to work on her cosplay. Like, this is what she did with it. Fucking great shit. You're going to see pretty easily that we uh, do not record these in the order of airing. And so, yeah. This is the first one that we have recorded since coming back from Amazing Con. And honestly, that was just the time of our lives, wasn't it? Oh my god, such a good time. I mean, you and I have both been to fandom conventions in general, like for other people, but this was the first time we were promoting something we created, which yeah. was so fucking cool like i've had an exhibitor badge at bigger shows i've been an exhibitor at sdcc and new york comic-con and WonderCon and all this crazy shit and it's always been wonderful but it's such a cool unique energy to their when you're promoting something that you made where it's like no i'm not trying to line anyone else's pockets this is for me like <laughs> it was so fucking cool we had the time of our lives we were cosplaying because you know we're fucking nerds and <laughs> the first day was a star wars day so we just did some like low-key star wars outfits we've been r2d2 and c3po before well it was R2 double D2 for me and MC3PO, which was like a cool, he had a grill and shit. It was yeah. fucking rad. So we had fun versions, but let's see. For day two, we had two of our classic favorite characters from the show, Shell and one of my many, many Valve boyfriends, Dr. Dr. Ratman. Ratman. <laughs> which for some reason we keep saying in tandem so if you want to see some of that cool costly you can check out our instagram we took a couple of reels got some cute pics it's fun stuff and and on day three of amazing con we did some cosplay that we've done years before at San Diego Comic-Con. Years ago. Yeah, and it's pretty relevant since we just covered this, but we were Bigby and Snow from The Wolf Among Us. Yeah. One person characters. got it. Yeah, right. One person knew what we were doing. <laughs> yeah, and everyone else went, oh, you're doing cool pop art. We went, well, yeah, but it's... It's a specific pop art. Telltale. <laughs> it's all right. Old ass characters. Yeah. But they're coming back. And we did the original Wolf Among Us. Like, obviously, in the new one, Bigby's got a coat. Yeah. Because it's cold. But, you know, <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. So that was really incredible. We just, if you're listening because you met us there, I hope we gave you the good impression. I was chewing mints and I hope my breath was very fresh for you and we had a great time. And if you're just joining us, we love you and we're glad you're here. Yeah, honestly, we expected to meet probably like 40 of you and we ended up meeting hundreds of people, which was just awesome. So fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, so much fun. I would love to do it next year. Yeah, so excited to do it again. So if you didn't meet us there or you did meet us there and you don't remember what the weird pitch was, this is The Other Castle. We do the plot lore and more behind video games that you love or are soon to love or have heard about and you don't understand it and I <laughs> just want to get some context because your kids keep telling you about it and you're like, the fuck is this? <laughs> also, we swear a lot. So <laughs> if you met
at us and you were not under that impression, fucking sorry. Yep, sorry about that. We curse a lot. It happens. So with this game and with all of our games, we are going to get into the creators, the story of how these games came together, the stories of why they came together in some circumstances, some fun facts and some cool trivia to help you out if you're ever at video game trivia night or you're on um actually like i am manifesting because that would be so fucking cool (laughs) or if you're just like in a discord like i'm gonna drop some fucking knowledge on these people who's my source a podcast the other castle the other castle (laughs) so (laughs) with that in mind today we are covering if you came and saw us at amazing con you saw a preview of the games to come in season five and this Mm -hmm. was the game that stopped a lot of people dead in their tracks going there's lore behind this fucking game (laughs) exactly and to my point we are covering untitled goose game untitled goose game can i get a honk 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 indeed honk Honk, motherfucking indeed. Goose Game is wild. I apologize, I may call it Goose Game for short. The full title is Untitled Goose Game. I'm aware of how ironic that sentence was, but that's what we fucking roll with. We appreciate shit like that. Do we have reason for why it's called Untitled Goose Game? Oh, of course. And we here at the other castle are going to lay it down for you because that is part of the plot, lore, and more, baby. <laughs> okay. I am selling to the cheap seats today. I don't know why, but I'm fucking here for it. Now, I've played Goose Game. I've hundoed Goose Game. You played a little bit of Goose Game. I put some time into the Goose Game. It wasn't my type of game necessarily, but I got the point. What's your type of game? Not this one. Not this one? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're not super into like a casual, like mindless mayhem game. No, not like this one. I think mindless mayhem is a very fair category for Untitled Goose Game. It is absolutely mindless mayhem. (laughs) Untitled Goose Game was released on Mac, Windows, and the Switch on September 20th, 2019, and on the PS4 and Xbone, Xbox One, on December 17th, 2019. So this is a newer game, and you know, this season we have covered pretty recent games. In past seasons, you've talked me out of doing more recent games, going, no, there's spoilers, (laughs) now you're like, fucking... (laughs) Let's go for it. Who gives a shit? They're games. Let's go. Right. If you don't want to know, don't listen. Yeah. Spoilers. (laughs) Although spoilers for Untitled Goose Game seems weird to say. I mean, Because, like, you get it. Because, again, a lot of people were very confused as to why this game is going to be on the show. Because who thought there was a story behind this? I did. This is my episode, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I am so captivated by this game. (laughs) It's unreasonable how much love I have for the goose. The internet was captivated by this goose as well. Yeah, Chrissy Teigen was tweeting about it. Uh, One of the guys from Blink-182 was tweeting about it. It was a whole fucking thing for a minute. And, you know, being released late 2019, it did kind of roll into that quarantine wave of like, I'm stuck at home, what am I supposed to do? This game came out a couple months ago, let's try it out. I guess I'm a goose now? Yeah. Obviously didn't get the same wave that Animal Crossing did where it was on the Switch and it was super accessible and everyone got into fucking Animal Crossing, but right. <laughs> you know, this it's part of the same wave. Okay. Which I can appreciate. So the game itself, like I said, mayhem and fun. It's a puzzle game. There are some strategic stealth elements, which I'll get into. And it was developed by this Australian group called House House. House House. Isn't that cute? I do like that name. 
It was published by an American video game company called Panic Inc., but not super relevant to the story. We're focusing on the developer's house house, those sweet Australians. Okay, good. Yeah, we're getting so many really cool indie games. Because, like, in the past, we've compared a lot of, like, these indie games to indie films of, like, the early 90s and shit. Yeah. And how we're seeing that. And one thing that we're seeing very differently, though, is, for example, there's a reason why you don't see a lot of European movies going for Oscars or becoming very popular in the United States. They're just not as good. But the video games, there's like some amazing games coming out of other countries right now. Did you hear that, Europe? Tom hates you. No, what the fuck? I literally (laughs) just said some great games are coming out of like so many different places. Hear that, European filmmakers? Tom hates you. Okay, whatever. (laughs) I just watched a European movie about a girl who fucks a car. It's on Hulu. You wonder why these things don't get popular in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> that was, they weren't swinging for the Oscar there. No. It's fine. So House House, on the other hand, was founded in 2014 and is entirely just a four-person team. Just four people? Yeah. Oh, wow. Just home. Less than a band. <laughs> they put out a simple territory control game in 2016 called Push Me, Pull You. Okay. And Untitled Goose Game is the second game they've done entirely. That's still impressive. Holy shit, right? <laughs> yeah, you've got garage bands and now you've got garage games. Isn't that cra- I mean, what do they always say? Steve Jobs started in a garage. Yep. So did House House. <laughs> it's That's the part of the House House. Garage Garage. Garage Garage. They're literally just four friends who are silly and like putting games together. Oh, that's so cool. So it's not like one dude with a dream that hired a couple people. It's four dudes that would go out to Mecca's and fucking hang out on the beach and then go, let's just go make a fucking video game. And I just want to say we have gotten emails from people saying that listening to this show has inspired them to go out and do the same thing. So yeah, absolutely. Go out and make your own Untitled Goose game. And make them as weird as possible so I'll cover them. Absolutely. (laughs) Give me some lore. I want to get down on lore. (laughs) So these four dudes are really just, they're just fucking friends. And they're like, yeah, let's do some weird shit. So Push Me, Pull You was a quirky, fun release But it didn't make much of a splash because I'm telling you now, you haven't heard of it. I doubt anyone listening to this is big on the push me, pull you fan base. If you are, more power to you. If you're not, yeah, I expected that. (laughs) So after about a year from when push me, pull you came out, the gameplay trailer for Untitled Goose Game launched and went fucking viral. The trailer gave so much attention to an otherwise kind of quiet and quirky game developer. You know, these are just, again, just homies doing something that makes them laugh. And they put this out in the world and the world said, oh, shit, yeah, we're in. (laughs) That sounds fucking great. And people were completely fascinated by this warm and welcoming art and the playful mischief you could adopt as the game's untitled character. (laughs) Well, now that you say it like that, it makes me wonder, is the goose untitled or is the game untitled? The game's untitled. Ah, okay. (laughs) Definitively. (laughs) Definitively, the game is untitled. Okay. Yeah, so people were like, how weird is it that you can play as this goose and just honk at shit? That's fucking great. Because the internet, you know, it can be a violent place. It can be a dark place. It can be a gory place. But there's so much light in honest mischief. Oh, yeah. You know, where people are just having fun and enjoying their lives. That The internet was like, this is exactly what we need right now. As you remember, at the end of 2019, 
not a fun time. <laughs> no, the world was falling apart, like, all around us. Yeah, and as we ended 2019, again, this came out on Xbox and PlayStation consoles at the very end of 2019, going into 2020... That was a really hard time to be a person in the world. <laughs> so something like this was such a ray of sunshine in what was otherwise, you know, a rough time. Yeah, we needed a mood lightener at the time. Entirely. A mood lightener is a perfect phrasing for that. This trailer amassed millions of views. <laughs> millions. And this happened years before the game came out. And suddenly... Nearly overnight, I'm sure that's how it felt, these four silly mates in Australia were responsible for one of the most anticipated games of the year. No pressure. Can you fucking imagine? <laughs> it feels like it's actually kind of like a theme on this show with a lot of these indie developers, too. It's like Fair enough. They'll just drop these like little teases and stuff, and then suddenly everybody's like, I'm into what you're fucking doing. And they're like, oh, shit, now the spotlight's on me. Yeah, we saw that with Bendy and the Meatly and Mike Mood. Was that the yeah. other partner there? Yeah, yeah where they, they put out the trailer and everyone went, holy shit, this art is so cool. This was pre-Cuphead. And they went oh, shit, we got to go hard. We're making this episodic. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's fucking go. Uh, with Scott Coffin, how he had, what, 36 failures and number 37 landed. It was in the 70s, but yeah. 70s, excuse me. Fuck, I, I apologize for underselling him. But yeah, he <laughs> fell on his face so many times and now he's sitting on Just, millions of dollars. Yeah, a pile of money. <laughs> that jump scare money, though. <laughs> jump scare money's good. So how do we get here? I'm very curious. These four silly lads built Push Me, Pull You just as a hobby together, and truly just to make each other laugh. How fucking wholesome. No, I love that. That's just exactly what you should be doing, is you should be doing it just for yourselves, and that's usually when you see something really special come out of it. So they said that they built this just to have fun and see if they could make a game, just pushing themselves in terms of their development skills, and... Hey, let's just fucking put together... It's like, let's buy a zoo, but let's build a fucking <laughs> game. Yeah. I clearly haven't seen Let's Buy a Zoo. I assume that's the plot. I mean, it's a title. It sounds like that's exactly what happens. Yeah. They built all of that game purely just for the love of the game, just to make each other laugh, push it out with a couple of friends. Like, why not? So after Push Me, Pull You wrapped, they did get a little bit of grant money from the government to help promote sales, but... It still wasn't a lot. You know, there are some countries like, I believe Canada has an arts grant fund and Australia has an arts grant fund through some avenues where you can say, hey, I'm building something. I want to promote the country. Like, this is all homegrown. And sometimes they'll be like, hell yeah, here's a check. Fucking put us on a fucking pedestal. Like, make us look good, you know, <laughs> which is cool. Uh, we live in America where... <laughs> We are the home of a lot of entertainment, so they're like, no, you figure it out. Yeah, they're like, good luck. Be mar be married or be born into the right family. Hope you packed your parachute yourself properly. Um, I'm kicking you out the door. Yeah, exactly. Good fucking luck. So the game was overall reviewed well. It wasn't a fucking banger, obviously. It wasn't a diamond in the rough, but they were like, yeah, this is playable, not buggy, fun, cool art. Not bad. Good job, guys. So yeah. they, they were pretty encouraged after that of like, okay, we could do this. That's kind of cool. Uh, they didn't make a lot of money out of this. You know, they paid for it all out of pocket. There was a side project for them really like, again, in the same way you're like putting your money into a garage band of like, let's pool money and make stickers. Let's fucking, I'm going to bring my own guitar because we can't charge it to the band because we're not making any money. Right. <laughs> same fucking deal with House House. Just let's get together. 
let's make a game. You know, I have to go to the store afterwards and like fucking <laughs> work my shift. But, you know, after that, I'm all yours. I mean, you keep comparing it to a garage band. Honestly, it sounds like you and me putting together this show. <laughs> You're totally just thinking about how we bought stickers ourselves and like yeah. source someone really cool to Absolutely. <laughs> make all our shit for us. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's I do feel like that. I just wish we could make an untitled goose game. <laughs> and the closest I'm going to get is covering it on the show. Right. Back to the lore. Push Me Pull You didn't make a ton of money. It got decent reviews, but they had so much fun making it. They said they've loved the process, and that after that was out, that was done, that was published, they were like, honestly, good shit, let's do it again. Okay. So their sophomore effort, they were like, this was really cool, let's do another game. Hell yeah. And then they had this large discussion about, well, what should our game be about? You know, the first one was this kind of strategic territory game. It was a little like a uh, tug of rope. There were kind of some silly elements like that. It's kind of a puzzler, kind of a party game, but not super cerebral by any <laughs> imagination. It's not fucking Toby Fox building Undertale in right. a basement, you know? <laughs> These are just four dudes going, hey, let's make that blue, you know? <laughs> I'm not going to do an Australian accent. That would be offensive. There's no way I could do that without it sounding bad. Yeah, please don't. No. I, I don't want to lose any listeners. So one day in their team Slack channel, house house member Stuart said, let's make a game about this. And then he posted a stock image of a goose. Just, that's it? And the rest was history. The rest was history, right. <laughs> End of episode. What? No, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> I have so much more to cover. Okay, thank goodness. So the team devolved into discussing geese. And here are some quotes about that discussion. I have full receipts. I will post them on the Instagram, but this is truly like screenshotted from their official Slack channel. Of just them where they were developing games. Best thing about a goose is the bit over their nose. Their big feet. Their big yet concave chest. How they are big but have tiny tails. And how crazy it is that the whole animal is just two colors. That's insane. And a star was born. (laughs) (laughs) But like, yeah, it's, again, just four dudes having fun. (laughs) And you've definitely devolved into those conversations where you're like, that's a weird animal. I mean, it sounds like the group of portal people just being like, a lot of people like cake. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) The House House team has admittedly noted that they don't have geese experience and that for them, you know, they might as well be a cartoon animal that they don't see in real life. Hmm. While the magpie goose, which is a black and white goose, is native to Australia, the white goose, like in the game, is not native to Australia. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this was kind of something mythical almost to them foreign do you remember when we went to the cow show and i saw a cow that had antlers and i screamed and thought it was a fucking mythical beast yeah you were not aware that like steers actually had those huge ass horns i grew up in oakland (laughs) so yeah i didn't know that fucking existed i was like is that a mammoth and you went that's a fucking cow (laughs) we drove here in a honda what year do you think it is right I went, I don't know, but it's staring at me. Yeah, they did, they were like, I know this goose is real, but, you know, I haven't had an interaction with it. So let's fucking go. That's fair. So they designed the mythical title goose in a continent where kangaroos allegedly outnumber the humans, which is insane to me. I also just did some Australia research because I don't know a lot about it, but 
That's a thing. Is that true? I don't know. Australian listeners, tell us if that's true or not. Allegedly, kangaroos outnumber humans that's a in lot Australia. Of fucking kangaroos. But you know, there are a lot of places in the middle and in parts of Australia that are just kind of jungly and like that's true. not as inhabited. Yeah. Is there a better word for that? You know what Uninhabited? I mean. Uninhabited? Uninhabited. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. I tried to explain something to Tom the other day where I was trying to say the word curtains. Yep. And I said window sheets. You did. So words don't come great to my brain. So <laughs> just roll with me, y'all. But yeah, you know, this is a continent where spiders are the size of fucking footballs and shit. Right. And footballs both ways. No matter what continent you're in, if you have football, a spider can be that big. <laughs> for our American and overseas listeners. So yeah, they are living in this magical world of Australia, which is admittedly just magical because again, I grew up in Oakland (laughs) and they were like, yeah, geese are fucking crazy. Let's just do this. So to start with their goose game thesis, they designed a small garden level just for shits and giggles. And the plan was to release it for fun and then move on to something new. So truly just a one shot and then go, oh, that was cool. They didn't even name the game. (laughs) They were literally like, fuck it, fun goose thing. Right. However, after they uploaded some game footage, again, it took off online. Freaking internet. So the charm of this goose just terrorizing a garden captured the hearts of the world. (laughs) (laughs) And House House decided to dive into the world of goose. They didn't even plan on having music. So this whole thing where they were getting attention and going viral really sent them off hold up so they weren't even intending to have music correct (laughs) i mean considering what became the music that's really kind of interesting i know and again because they didn't intend on this being anything they uploaded the trailer as untitled goose game oh okay because literally just like fuck it who gives a shit let's knock this shit out and move on to something else and the whole world said "Uh uh-uh Go back and finish the story. <laughs> this is fucking crazy. So it's just another one of those things that was supposed to be a demo and then turned into a phenomenon. In fucking entirely. Keeps happening in indie games, you know? You, you fuck around <laughs> and find out. Thankfully, sometimes you find out all the way to the bank, which is kind of cool. And I hope they did. Oh, I, I have faith that they're doing well now. You know, they're getting attention, they're starting to develop, they go, okay, maybe we should take this fucking goose seriously, because millions of people are obsessed with it. So they had a friend come in to supervise music, and use some music in the public domain so they wouldn't have to deal with licensing and shit. And they took some pieces of music, did them on piano, and did another version that's faster and more stressful. So you have these two pieces of music, one that is... Very calming, very serene, very atmospheric and chill. And then the same music that's just sped up to feel a little more anxious, a little more nerve wracking. But both pieces are very wonderful in the atmosphere. Okay. And you've seen, you've heard the music. It's wonderful. I mean, the music is really, really fun and really good. And I've never heard of a game doing what they do with the music. Oh, yeah. And we'll get there as we talk about gameplay, but... Keep that in mind for the goose heads. Yes. Goose heads? I don't know. That sounds offensive. (laughs) The team got to work on more play areas for the titular goose to terrorize and having music throughout. They took notes from the pacing and charm of British children's TV shows. Okay. Something like Thomas the Tank Engine and these really kind of cheesy like, Oi, 
Mr. Steve is sad about the potted plant. That was offensive. Fuck me. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> that just sounded weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. And for the third time, I'm from Oakland. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck these sound like, but the whole thing was like, there's, there's a certain charm to children's TV shows. Right. Especially the British ones where things are clean and proper. You know, growing up in the US, we have Sesame Street where... I don't know. We worship a trash monster and Dracula teaches you math. Right. So it's a little more <laughs> fantastical than them going, Peter Rabbit is gardening. Do you want to look at the garden with the rabbit? You know, there's <laughs> there's a certain delicacy to these kind of pieces. And something that they took from these TV shows is also some of the character design. So the people, their faces aren't super stylized. They're right. kind of just a circle for a nose. Very simple, and the focus is on the overall picture. It kind of looks like a picture book came to life, and that's a lot of where the aesthetic for Goose Game came from. Yeah, they almost look like placeholder characters for an unrendered game. Yeah, very much so. Or like, oh, you didn't really put eyes on there. Yeah, there's no eyes. They also look like Muppets. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, like a human Muppet. I see that entirely. Just the big, different colored nose. And yeah. Some stylized features to imply parts of the character, but not a full character story in the character image. Totally. Yeah. These British TV shows also helped inspire the setting because this game is set in England, in an English village. And there's a certain level of properness that the team has referenced to have used as some structure for the world and the world building of this game and the atmosphere. And that properness is, quote, the antithesis of what the goose is all about. <laughs> <laughs> the goose is not proper at all. Yeah. <laughs> the goose is like, fuck yo shit. Fuck polite society. I'm a goose motherfucker. This goose is from Oakland too. Like, <laughs> game recognized game, honey. Unfortunately, the placeholder untitled goose game title ended up sticking because of that video. Even though the team did want a more proper title. <laughs> so they were like, it's fine. You know, people know that was a demo. They know that came out in like 2015 or 2016 is when that trailer dropped. Obviously, something called Untitled Goose Game will develop into a more normal game. No! No. The team was workshopping some titles, and the one that they got closest to... I don't know if you're ready for this. Okay. Some like it honk. Oh, god damn it! I love that so much, though. But it didn't even stick, and it was one that they even said they had bouncing around, but they didn't seriously consider it. <laughs> but here's the thing is like we've seen on this show before too where a game came out had a huge massive trailer with a completely different name and then had to change its name because they fucked up big time with the name and that was with little nightmares when they <laughs> called it hunger yeah because they went oh yeah we'll call it hunger it'll be about eating six is always hungry and then they realized how do you google that <laughs> yeah you type in hunger games <laughs> and then you get jennifer lawrence for days bitches <laughs> yeah so they were like fuck <laughs> and they changed the little nightmares and so the idea that they wouldn't be able to succeed by changing the name away from untitled goose game is ridiculous oh entirely but they didn't know that no it's true they have fucking summer during christmas time it's crazy down there and let's face it i mean it's a perfect title untitled goose game is so iconic let's be yeah. 100 they were like fuck it i guess it's just untitled goose game and that was just Again, their placeholder title, but then they started submitting the games to festivals, and based on timing, they were like, 
we do not have time to change the title. So it just became <laughs> Untitled Goose Game because they had to submit to something. And I believe the first festival was in Texas, which is kind of cool that it did technically show up in America before like the full, full debut because right. like rah, rah. Yeah, because of these, they were just stuck with Untitled Goose Game. Well, nobody's perfect. They have also been quoted as saying they didn't realize how funny the title would be. <laughs> and that they eventually just leaned into it. But that's fucking hysterical day one. Right. The fact that it's just <laughs> fucking untitled is the title. No, that's fucking funny, man. Yeah, no, they nailed it. Come on, Aussies, you get it. So the game was well-reviewed, obviously, because again, culturally, we needed this. <laughs> Landing in 8 out of 10 Basically across the board with GameSpot, with IGN, VideoGamer.com, and so many more. That 8 out of 10 is pretty much its sweet spot, which is a very solid rating. Yeah, absolutely. No, you play a game at that level any day. Now, keeping that in mind, I want to let you know right now, the House of Honk did something miraculous upon release. House House of Honk? The House House of Honk. <laughs> I liked that very much. I like House House of Honk a lot better. This is why we work as a team, my friend. <laughs> now, the day that this game was scheduled to be released on the Nintendo Switch was the exact same day of the release of true Nintendo powerhouse, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Oh, that was a good game. Oh, yeah. Super cute. That chibi art's adorable. It plays yeah. great. We played it on a trip, I think. We yeah. brought it with us to San Francisco once. Against all odds, the four-person team from Australia and their goose beat Link's Awakening on the Switch. Really? Debuting at number one, beating Zelda. Fuck. It beat Zelda on their own system, though? Day one. No, granted, it was a re-release of an older game, but it was like a remaster of an older game. Oh, yeah. They didn't just slap a sticker on it. Link's Awakening was really a ground-up fucking remake where they did so much art, and the art was beautiful. I, I like the chibi Link. I think he's cute as fuck. Yeah, actually, I mean, just a little history on that game. I remember, like, they lost the original source code for that game, so they <gasps> really did have to rebuild that game from the ground up. So they had to play it and <laughs> track yeah. it and say, let's actually map out these levels, probably going into, like, old game informers pulling maps and shit to Entirely, say, let's do this. Yeah, and then to be beat out by Untitled Goose Game. By four dudes from Australia. Oh, who just released a demo and it turned into a full-ass game. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? That's pretty good. By the end of 2019, again, only out for a couple months, over a million copies of Untitled Goose Game were sold. Damn. Four dudes in their fucking garage. <laughs> garage game. Garage game. House, house is fucking house a honk. Swung for the fences and we all liked it, honk, baby. <laughs> fucking Untitled Goose Game for days. Obviously, this game made a huge splash. It pissed off Link. It's fucking Link. I'm sorry. Can we take it back one more step? It's fucking <laughs> Link. A goose with no name. Yeah, the goose doesn't even have a fucking name. The game doesn't have a fucking name. Beat it out. Oh, can you imagine? Like, if Breath of the Wild got knocked out by Deltarune or something, you know? Like, <laughs> right. that's, that's the equivalency of what happened here. What the fuck? <laughs> So, House House is sitting pretty. But, you know, is it hype? I don't know. I mean, part of me thinks it is. No, it's not hype. <laughs> this game is amazing. Untitled Goose Game ended up winning the Golden Joystick Award as the breakthrough title of 2019. Oh, wow. Obviously. 
three DICE Awards, including Game of the Year, where it beat Death Stranding and your boy, Disco Elysium. I mean, how did it beat Disco Elysium? For Game of the Year? (laughs) Come on, that's just unfair, but okay, the little goose that could. It beat Officer Tequila Sunshine for Game of the Year. (laughs) I demand a recount. (laughs) Let's throw those dice one more time. Justice for Disco. That's the day Disco died, truly. Disco will never die. (laughs) If Harry Dubois can have anything to say about it. Like, that's insane, right? <laughs> Can you it have... is insane, yes. And it's just two, you know, there's, you got this European group that take themselves very seriously. They're like a collective, right? Of yeah, artists. it's an art collective. Yeah, of artists and creators. And then these just dudes from Australia. <laughs> They're like former drug addict art collective. And then four guys in their garage. <laughs> this game is amazing. <laughs> They also won the GDC award for best game, where it also beat Death Stranding. My lord. So, sorry, Kojima. Sorry, fucking guy from Walking Dead. (laughs) Norman Reedus? Yes. And also, can you imagine? I know this didn't happen, but in my head, I'd like to think that there was, you know, the camera at awards show where they have a camera on Norman Reedus, and then it cuts to a camera of the goose. (laughs) The goose just sitting there? Yeah, and then the goose wins and waddles up, and Norman Reedus has to do that very humble clap where he goes, Yes, yes, you did a great job, Goose. I, I recorded this for three years in a skin-tight fucking mocap suit. <laughs> I couldn't see my family for three years, but you're a goose. Good for you, motherfucker. It's like at the Oscars when everybody has to react to an animated character and they're all just sitting there like, oh, right, Shrek is here. Ha, yeah. Ha, ha. yeah, they have to nod lightly and right. they're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, they did that Simpsons bit where... They prank call Moe's at the Emmys recently, and everyone's like, what the fuck are we looking at? (laughs) Well, what about the time that the goose did show up with the Muppets? Oh, bitch. You mentioned this. I'm going to throw one more at you before we get into that, though. This goose won a BAFTA. Come on, really? Nolan North had to be in the industry for like 20 years before he got his fucking legend BAFTA. (laughs) (laughs) This is House House's second game. Right. (laughs) And they won a BAFTA for best family game. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, the fact that that's a category for the BAFTAs. But it's still like, when you think about how hard Nolan North had to work and how many fucking Uncharted's he had to be in to earn his BAFTA. And I say earn because that man worked his ass off. He is one of the most incredible performers in video games of all time. Yeah. And then this goose waddled (laughs) in. (laughs) Choosing mayhem and mischief. Now, you mentioned the goose showing up at an awards show. Right. Now, the goose did not win any game awards, but they did make an appearance at the game awards. Now, I've shown you this video because it's fucking insane. (laughs) It is insane. But I'm going to describe it, and I'd like you to kind of course correct me if I'm missing anything. Right. So the game awards, you know, every year, it's always Q4, and they're fun. You know, they bring out characters, they do these really beautiful music montages, they do really unique activations, in the same way any award show does, but... It's video games, so it's better. Yeah, and they're doing big announcements during them. All sorts of fun stuff. That's true. That's something we don't get at the Oscars and Emmys and shit. We don't get announcements. No one drops a trailer at the Oscars. Which they should be. That's exactly what the audience is that you want seeing those trailers, but okay. They're just going to play a new Cloverfield. like Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to hack into the Oscars and shit and be like, fuck you, you're watching this. Another Cloverfield now. Yeah. <laughs> 
and they're like, are we just stuck here for two hours? JJ, like, what'd you do? Do we get snacks? <laughs> so at the Game Awards, like you said, there's trailers. Super fun. The Game Awards teamed up to do a live sketch with Goose Game, partnered with a group you actually lightly mentioned earlier, The Muppets. Oh, I love The Muppets. So on stage at the Game Awards, they had a science lab with Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, who's the bald green Muppet with glasses. He's a scientist. Yep. And Beaker, who's the orange Muppet that goes, that was better than I thought you were going to do. That was impressive. <laughs> okay. And they're on stage in a game mod of Goose Game comes on and they have to announce, I believe it was best game for impact. So they're doing this sketch leading up to announcing who's in the game and they show on the screen and it, obviously in the cut, it just cuts to an in-game mod of Goose Game with Beaker playing Untitled Beaker Game. <laughs> yeah, he's just playing as the goose. It's wonderful. And he nervously explores the village and then he runs into the goose and the goose terrorizes him. <laughs> it's true. And they come out of the VR and they announce the nominees for the Games for Impact and a Muppet goose shows up, steals the envelope with the winner, and then just starts terrorizing Dr. Bunsen and Beaker. It's tr Yeah, it's a funny ass little sketch. I mean, it's full-blown Muppets. It's perfect Muppets timing and humor and stuff, so. Yeah, no, it's so fucking good. If you haven't seen it, Please check it out. It's so fucking funny. And the goose is just honking. They're going, all right, give us the envelope. And the goose is like, fuck you, I'm a goose. Honk, honk. They have to steal the envelope back before they can announce it. And the goose is interrupting them with honking. It's so perfectly in-world. It works with the Muppets. It works with the game. It was the most delightful fucking thing. Untitled Goose Game wasn't nominated for that category at all. Yeah, so it wasn't weird. And all these poor creators who are waiting to hear if they just won an award or having to sit through this whole fucking like sketch and shit and the goose being an <laughs> asshole and interrupting. And it's so funny when they actually win too, because they like stand there and they look up and they go, um, thanks Muppets, I guess. <laughs> Thank you to the Muppets who are here for some fucking reason. And the goose just kind of goes, Honk. I don't think we did it justice, even though we were laughing the whole time. It's fucking great. Like, truly, truly enjoy that sketch. Now, not to get too political, but there is some context about the game itself that was revealed about a month after the release. Okay. Now, this is where we get into that juicy lore. This is juicy like a sweatsuit from 2005, baby girl. <laughs> we are getting into it. House Houser Jacob Strasser has said, we have a joke canonical version of the world of the game in which it's set in a world where a goose chased Margaret Thatcher out of office, leading Tony Benn to take over the UK. All the people are good Marxists and they're all good people and the goose is a goose. Well, hold on. So Margaret Thatcher, the prime minister of the UK from like the 90s, right? She was the prime minister of the UK from 1979 to 1990. So the entirety of the 80s. Yeah. Okay. And a goose overthrew this person. The Iron Lady. The Iron Lady. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you that are catching up, Margaret Thatcher, again, titled the Iron Lady from the press, and, you know, that was just her nickname, once introduced the UK version of a don't say gay law in 1988, which banned talk, promotion, and what's quoted as normalization, whatever the fuck that means, of being queer in schools and by local authorities. She allowed countless arrests and convictions for consenting same-sex behavior. She is a fucking nightmare. Oh, yeah, she's a terrible 
terrible person. I can see why a goose would want to overthrow her and why it would be so easy for a goose to overthrow. Somebody that weak-minded would be easily overthrown. By a goose, which makes it even funnier. Very true. Now, Tony Benn, I didn't know a lot about because, again, I grew up in Oakland. (laughs) Tony Benn was the former president of the Stop the War Coalition and praised the Communist Manifesto and was a key component of democratic socialism, as well as a big advocate for separation of church and state reasonably (laughs) some of that yeah my politics are clearly showing (laughs) we shouldn't have prayer in schools with all that in mind let's get honking yes (laughs) so let's bonk the honk for a second i have taken this because it is word from the creator that this is what the world of the goose is i love to think it's the same goose that hasn't been confirmed but let's fucking go for it this is the goose that overthrew the iron lady The goose that is going to terrorize this small town also overthrew England. The goose is loose, baby. All right. Well, I guess, as you say, it's time to get into it. Let's get honking. Press start. You play as goose. Who is a goose? Okay. <laughs> goose doesn't get End a name. of game. Sorry. Again, untitled goose. Right. Maybe that's who the goose? It's the titular goose is untitled. Who knows? The controls are simple, as is the entire game. You can pick things up, interact with objects, with your duck bill thing. Your goose bill. Your goose bill, thank you. You can duck, which is just huh. moving your head down, but it's also a pun. You can flap your big wings. And of course, of fucking course, you can honk. You can honk. Honk, honk. Honk, honk. Your day starts as you emerge from a bush, as so many of my days started in college. <laughs> Honking victoriously as you make your way to the village and enter the garden. And now it starts very slowly. It's so cute, though. You just kind of, you come up to a gate and you're able to open it and that teaches you how to do things. You come up on a log, it teaches you how to duck. And then at some point, it's just like, fucking press this button to honk. Have at it. (laughs) And that's it. You have all your abilities. There's no leveling up. There's no HP. It's just, it's casual gaming at its finest. I like that about it. That was something very just relaxing. It was something that was low effort. It's something that you could just easily get into and not feel like there was going to be any kind of consequences. It was just easygoing. No consequences is a very great point. Yeah, there's no... You're just a fucking goose. Like, (laughs) I don't need to get... It doesn't need to be that deep. It doesn't need to be as deep as this goose overthrew the Iron Lady. But it did. (laughs) This is equality, Goose, bitch. We're here for it. Okay. In the garden area, and again, this was based on the very first chapter area that they promoted. It was like, here's just a goose in a garden. I was going to ask, was this the same as that initial, like, demo reel? It's more developed, of course. Okay. But yeah, essentially, it's the same concept. And again, not high concept throughout the entire game. Right. (laughs) Don't sweat it. In the garden area, there's water from a little river bank, there's a gated garden, there's a bench, there's a picnic basket area, and there's one groundskeeper who's just kind of gardening and looking at plants and shit. As you enter each area of the game, you have a checklist of things you as a goose want to accomplish. Oh, okay, so you have your notebook. Yeah, it it literally (laughs) looks like a notebook. It's on lined paper. It's written in fucking cursive. Which, who can read cursive anymore? Come on. They don't teach cursive in schools anymore, do they? I don't think they do. I was in school when they told us that we wouldn't have calculators in our pockets just to age myself, so I don't fucking know. But (laughs) I don't 
think they need to teach cursive anymore. If they do, they can replace it with typing. That's all that fucking matters. Yeah, that's pretty much all we need to do now. So your to-do list is as follows. Get into the garden. Get the groundskeeper wet. Steal the groundskeeper's keys. Okay, so now we're going from fucking vandalism to just straight theft. Yeah, I was going to say, one of those is a prank, and one of those is just theft. (laughs) And the line is very thin. But you're a goose, so who gives a fuck? Make the groundskeeper wear his sun hat. Rake in the lake. Have a picnic. (laughs) Yeah. Again, some of these are, you know, mischief, and some of these are felonies. Yeah, and like, where's the line between mischief and a felony? (laughs) Only the goose knows. (laughs) And the goose is like, fuck it, even if I know, I don't give a shit. So there are different ways to solve these puzzles. I like to play with a groundskeeper by honking at him and turning the sprinklers on. I like to hide all his shit in the lake. (laughs) So I'd steal things from him and just immediately throw them in water because it's harder for him to find them. I like to steal vegetables out of his garden and throw them in the lake just so he's like... I've been working so hard. Where are my carrots? So you can cause mischief that is outside of your list of shit to do. Yeah, you can absolutely go off. (laughs) And there is kind of a hidden list of things you can accomplish, which I have done, by the way. Ooh, a secret menu. There's a secret menu of goose mayhem. (laughs) And it's very fun. You know, it's things like where you can have a, you can pull certain vegetables out and put them out by your picnic basket and be like, hell yeah, vegetable party. Okay. Whatever. Eggplants and shit. Yeah. There's like a pumpkin. You do all of these tasks, and after you finish your to-do list, it always unlocks one last task that you have to complete before you can close this section and move on to the next area. You don't have to do these in order, but after you do finish the whole list, you get that final task, which is the way the game tracks you and helps you move on to the next level. Okay. Just to explain how game mechanics work. Right. I mean, it's important. Yeah. The last task is to make the groundskeeper hammer his thumb. Oh, now you gotta cause him to injure himself. Yes. (laughs) Because now you crave violence. Of course you do. So after you've terrorized this man's garden, he puts up a no geese sign. And there's no writing. This is an international game, which is probably why it did so well. There's nothing distinctly Australian, distinctly... American distinctly anything. There is, even in its Englishness, it's not purely English. It, right. There's a sense of international world to it because, again, no language is written, no language is spoken. There are no vocal lines except for the honk. Okay. If that counts as yeah. a vocal line. So, you know, you can pick this up in any country and it works. Accessible like Mr. Bean. Exactly. Very good. Another British icon. Right. <laughs> I don't know his relationship to the Iron Lady, but, you know. I mean, he started in the 80s, and I think, yeah, they probably knew each other pretty well. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) Treasures of the Isle. So he puts up this no geese sign. It's literally a goose with a line through it. Right, like the Ghostbusters logo. Yeah, but with a goose. (laughs) The Goosebusters logo. Goosebusters, there you go. (laughs) So he's like, you've been terrorizing my garden all day. You made me wear my stupid sun hat. You stole my keys. You're taking all my food. You took my radio. You take his radio. Like, it's so good. Leave this poor man alone, Goose. No. No. (laughs) So he's like, fuck this shit. I'm going to take to it the British way. Putting up a passive aggressive sign. There you go. (laughs) Dude, it's an animal. It can't read. I'm going to let you know right now it doesn't abide by the laws of traffic signs. 
It overthrew a government official. It they o- think it cares about your fucking sign. And not just like a mayor, the prime minister. <laughs> she hung out with the queen. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? The queen outlived that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. So he's hammering this sign and you sneak up behind him. And if you honk just at the right time, his finger slips and he hammers his thumb. Oh, poor guy. And he falls over because he's like, holy shit, I just hammered the shit out of my thumb. So after you concuss this strange man you've never spoken to because you're a goose, (laughs) you move on through a gate to the next area, which is called High Street. High Street. I think this is about as far as I made it. Yeah, you you were like, I want to shoot something. (laughs) I'm downloading Call of Duty right now. Yeah. And I went, I love the goose. (laughs) The goose is loose. This is a shop row with a tech and TV electronics store. There's a kid with glasses who I've called myopic child. There's an outdoor marketplace. And then there's like a house nearby. So it's kind of a neighborhood market area. Here's your to-do list for this area. Break the broom. Immediately going to violence. Right. You have to absolutely cause some mayhem and damage. Speaking of mayhem, trap the boy in the phone booth. I do enjoy terrorizing the small child. Make the boy wear the wrong glasses. Again, (laughs) he's myopic. (laughs) He wears glasses and he can't see without his glasses. No. Make someone buy back their own stuff. That one is pretty satisfying. This one is probably my favorite one. Get on TV. I like that one a lot, too. And then go shopping. This is a very fun section. It's like my second favorite section. Yeah, I mean, if they made that first section as like the demo first, this was the first one where they went in knowing they were making a full game. That's true. This is where they had a more full sense of what they wanted to do and how they could use the capabilities they built into the goose for mayhem and destruction. Totally. So the little myopic boy is terrified of geese and you're able to chase him and when you honk at him he's like ah and you can really drive his traffic into different places around the map like in the phone booth there is a phone booth for our gen zers out there (laughs) the doctor who tardis yes um (laughs) but it's red and see-through and it's great because you once you chase him into the phone booth the person from the tech store comes out to save him (laughs) Yeah, I think it's like implied that it's like a parent or something, maybe. Yeah, like the parent's like, just go play outside while I sell these TVs. And then yeah. you can go into the tech store and show up on the TV. <laughs> on like the CCTV in there, yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, when you go to a Best Buy and you can play with the VCR camera. How old am I? VCR? What the <laughs> fuck did I just say? Holy shit, I'm just going to... This is a timed piece, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> and get on the TV, which is very, very fun. Right. You can also go behind him and honk and scare him so he drops his glasses and then you can steal his glasses and put them in the shop and the shopkeeper will go oh I guess this is merchandise and just put it out for sale you can take his toys and do the same thing make him buy his toy airplane back I was able to steal I think a little shovel from the gardener from the previous area and make him buy it back oh damn yeah that was an advanced move but I was like fuck you That fucking old man had to go buy his own shit back. Like, I was just like, I'm going to take your hat. I'm taking your radio. Fuck your thermos. It's mine now. I hope you brought change, motherfucker. Yeah, I just made the little kid buy his shit back. Yeah, it's an advanced move to really uh, 
make the old man buy his shit back. That's pretty good. Just so he can do his job as groundskeeper. So after you complete your list of mayhem on High Street, you get your final task before you can move on. And this one's kind of fucked. You have to trap the shopkeeper in a garage. Oh, good. So, like, is this kidnapping? Is this, like... (laughs) (laughs) holding someone against their will because you definitely trap her in a garage. It's just a minor hostage situation. Hostage situation, thank you. That's what the goose is doing. Hostage shit, like in Die Hard. Right. Yeah, you're a regular Hans Gooser. (laughs) I didn't like that, but I'm gonna give you a pity laugh. (laughs) Yippee-ki-yay, mother honkers. That wasn't that much better. That was a worse pity laugh, but you know what? I'll take it. A laugh's a laugh. From here, you leave High Street and go to the back gardens, an area where two neighbors are both outside trying to enjoy their mornings and just relaxing pre-goose. So we need to destroy them. (laughs) Your to-do list is make someone break the fancy vase. Help the woman dress up the bust. Make the man spit out his tea, which is just a spit take, which is kind of nice. I like that one. Get dressed up with a ribbon. Fancy. Make the man go barefoot. Do the washing. So this one is a lot less violent. Right, but there's a lot more pranking involved. Yeah, this one's real prank heavy, which is, you know, it can't all be kidnapping kids and holding them (laughs) hostage. Terrorizing people. Yeah, it's a little less terrorizing, more pranking. Okay. On the east side, there's a stuffy man who reads a newspaper and drinks tea and has a water fountain. It's a very posh yard, if if you'll take that. On the west side is an artist who's a woman with a more eccentric backyard with sculptures and art pieces, kind of crazy shit going on. And it's not explicit, but like you can tell these two neighbors do not fucking get along at all. No, but they both aggressively want to appreciate their backyards. Right. Like, they're not interacting unless you make them. Yeah, and when they do interact, they seem to argue with each other. Yeah, <laughs> they are not friends. Or they're fronting and they're lovers and they just want to make it appear like they don't like each other. Ooh, but that is some like lore that is definitely not canon. Yeah, that's not canonical. It's okay. canonical <laughs> that the goose overthrew the government. That is canon. It's not canonical if there's any sex drama. <laughs> this is like our most tame episode. Right. So the terrorist goose. So the terrorist goose. If you take something from one yard and place it in the other yard... The neighbor will notice it and throw that stuff over the fence to the other person's yard. And these yards, again, divided by a fence. There is kind of a loose board in the fence where you can go through. You can hop over a high point in one part of the yard to get to the other. Yeah. So it's this is where you get very into the puzzling part of it. Yeah, it's very, very puzzle solvy here. Yeah, which is kind of cool. So uh, there's a couple things I want to note just on the gameplay, which are kind of fun and a little more unique and just made me really appreciate the playfulness of this world. Because again, so playful, so mischievous, so much mayhem. Adore the game. If you steal enough of the man's clothes or items and put them near the bust, which is literally just like a sculpture bust, the artist woman kind of comes up and goes, oh, shit, yeah. That's what's up. And then puts them on the bus to like, yeah, this is a cool hat. You're she starts dressing it up. Yeah. And she doesn't really question it. She's like, that was a good idea. Passed me. Hell yeah. No, <laughs> this was the goose. The goose is loose, baby girl. 
in the artist's yard, there is a sculpture of like a goose. Maybe it's a big duck that has a ribbon around its neck and you can pull the sculpture and hide it and the ribbon will fall off the second you move it. So what you do is you move it out of way and then you go into the place where the sculpture was and you stand really still and the artist will go, oh no, the ribbon fell off my sculpture. And she'll put the ribbon on the goose Aww. and it's so fucking cute. And that's how you get dressed up. Yeah. Oh. But it's really darling that you kind of play pretend like I'm going to cosplay as a statue and she doesn't notice this is alive. Right. Or you can scare the shit out of her while she's doing it. Oh yeah. But then you drop the ribbon and you have Aww. to get the ribbon on. That's true. You need I to like, wear your ribbon. I like to get the ribbon and then honk at her, and then she's like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like, you ruin her sense of- Reality? Reality, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she entirely loses it, going, what the fuck was I- I put this ribbon on my goose, and it came alive. Am I fucking Geppetto? Like, <laughs> I'm Geppetto, but for geese. What a nightmare. <laughs> Which is, you know, that's not canonical, but goddamn, wouldn't it be great? I'm a real goose. Yeah. <laughs> So after you finish your to-do list, again, you get one final thing before you can move on. And that final task is to make someone cut the prized rose. Oh, no, not the prized rose. So like I said, the man on the east side is very stuffy and he has a beautiful rose garden. And the woman on the west side, she's an eccentric artist. She probably puts bandanas in her hair and has paint on her overalls. Oh, and she wears overalls in general. Oh, that kind of vibe. In fucking entirely. <laughs> so what you can do is you can move some stuff around and get her to start trimming a bush. And Not you hers. can... <laughs> I don't know. She's definitely... She's an artist. <laughs> she's going whole hog. <laughs> Sorry, that was graphic. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> so you can kind of honk and trick her into trimming the prized bush with the prized rose on it and accidentally cut the rose off. Oh, I bet that would just set that old stuffy neighbor off. He gets so upset. He comes over and he's waving his hands and she's waving her hands. You can't hear anything, obviously, because again... The only thing you hear is music and honking. Yeah, it's like uh, Peanuts voices where it's like wah, 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 wah. Yeah, th it's more tones than anything. Yeah. And the cutest fucking thing happens. So once he knows that he's like, and she's like, whatever, I'm paraphrasing because that's not even, that's gibberish, whatever. He reacts to the situation of his prized rose being cut off. By basically taping it back to the stem. <laughs> which that is works. fucking stupid. <laughs> this stupid dumb shit man is just like, I don't know how plants work. <laughs> Tape will fix everything. <laughs> yeah, that definitely does not work. That is my favorite fix in the entire game. After you terrorize a community, he's like, this is how I react to this situation. <laughs> like, the groundskeeper put up a sign... <laughs> But this man's like, I'll fucking duct tape it. Who gives a shit? Just, it makes you start to wonder if that was even his plant in the end. Like, maybe that was his wife's plant or something like that. And he's just, oh. like, trying to fix it. Because he's like, gosh, she's going to be fucking pissed. Oh, no. She's out at, like, the market. She's having a terrible day running the streets on High Street. And... <laughs> It's yeah, like, this goose broke my broom. Fucking, I got locked in my garage. I got locked in a garage, and she comes home and her prized rose cut off. Yeah. Oh no! See, Again, this is exactly what happened. Not canonical, but I appreciate the. Like, <laughs> I like that we can kind of put these together though, because it the beauty is it is open. It's you know it's the goose is whatever you want it to be. 
Yeah, and that's one of the things that I do enjoy about the goose. And one of the other things that I really enjoy about the game was the music. And we touched on it briefly before. Yeah. I've never seen a game do with music what this game does, in that it is adaptive music. That's true. So when you say adaptive music, a lot of people hear that and think there's regular music and then there's fight music or there's an enemy approaching and you hear a change in music. But can you explain what adaptive music means in the world of Untitled Goose Game? In the world of Untitled Goose Game, it feels like somebody is live playing the piano to what you're doing in the game. (laughs) So it's like you have a composer making this music specifically for you and your gameplay so as you're playing as the goose if you're just waddling along the music's just like very soft and subtle and just like do 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 and then as you start to cause chaos and mayhem (laughs) it amps itself up it gets more chaotic it starts like doing more notes and it gets louder and faster and so it is completely reacting to how you play yeah so in my example it's adaptive to what's happening in the environment but in this example it's adaptive to how you are playing the game yeah yeah and it's when people are looking for you or you're being chased or you're running it is that faster tone and it brings the tempo up to match your energy and when yeah when you're waddling or when you're stealthing and when you're just kind of dicking around and like looking at stuff and no one's pissed off by you <laughs> it yeah. is this lower <laughs> tempo or it's chill but when people are pissed at you or if you're evading something it's like it just it is more nerve-wracking and that's why they did the same music in two different ways so it could line up and they could adjust the music to your play style which is so unique yeah it was like one of those old 1920s black and white like charlie chaplin movies where they had somebody actually playing the piano in the theater while you were watching it and shit and they were just kind of making up the music to what was going on on the screen so fucking cool yeah i'm so glad you brought that up thank you because it is really really cool nugget for this game and for an independent group of four dudes in their basement i'm making them sound more and more indie as we go forward it's just like <laughs> yeah they put this together with fucking cardboard <laughs> like yeah but no it's it's so cool for a team of four dudes to come up with something that was kind of groundbreaking and hasn't been done by fucking other groups like this that have had more resources Absolutely. It's just, it's a testament to how a simple idea can really go really far. <laughs> like the Slack message, what if we made a game about a goose? <laughs> <laughs> so after a long day of terrorizing a community, it's time for a pint. And we leave the residential back gardens and head to the pub. This is my favorite area, easily. Time to hit the bar. Hell Yeah. Here, your to-do list is get into the pub, trespassing, right? break the dartboard, vandalism, yeah, vandalism of property, get the toy boat, theft, theft, make the old man fall on his bum, assault? It's like assault and bullying? Like, <laughs> is it a hate crime if it's ageist by calling him the old man? Right. Be awarded a flower. That's just nice. Yeah. Steal a pint glass and drop it in the canal. That one just admitted to theft. (laughs) And then set the table like Danny Meyer. And then reset the table. Okay. (laughs) That one you're on board with. Yeah. Now you're just working. (laughs) Now 
you're just a front of house worker. Yeah, <laughs> now you're now, bussing a table. Yeah, no, you're just you're gonna do roll ups in the back. Like <laughs> we gotta get a rack of thirty before you're allowed to clock out. Ooh, I just had PTSD. Okay. Do you have to fill the salt and pepper shakers first before oh, you reset the table? Definitely, like... you gotta get your side work and marry the ketchups. <laughs> wow. Uh, if you guys haven't watched The Bear, um, <laughs> and this conversation was triggering for you from working in restaurants. Maybe skip the bear because it gave Tom full PTSD. Full PTSD. He said corner. Like, in one of the best ways, though. It is an incredible show. Yeah. So well done. Joel McHale's best work. I would pay so much money to watch him do that character more and more and more. Absolutely. The pub is a British pub. It's got a beautiful outdoor area. It's guarded by a grumpy, burly man who hates you (laughs) and will chase you out of the pub if he sees you. I mean, have you met anybody that likes you yet? No. (laughs) There's a child who's afraid of you and everyone else is furious by your existence. Right. Relatable. So you have to sneak into the pub because, again, grumpy burly man hates you by hiding in a box and being carried into the pub by a caterer. So you literally go up to a van and there's a caterer unloading food for the fucking pub. Mm -hmm. And you're like, there's an empty box. You hide in it. And if you honk, the caterer gets scared and drops the box. If you hide the whole time, they'll put you in the back part of the pub so you can totally sneak in. But you fully have to go incognito (laughs) and just chill while you trick this person into carrying you into a pub. And this might be another one of the reasons why I did not like the game was like the stealth elements were a little bit too much. And as we know, I do not care for the uh, stealth games. That's right. You hate stealth. Yeah. This game just had too much stealth for me. I like stealth. It, it makes me feel accomplished. Like, hell yeah, I was quiet as fuck. I did it. <laughs> I don't know why that's gratifying for me. That's weird. But yeah, it is what it is. So you go into the pub and you terrorize the old man from, by pulling a stool out from under him like you're in jackass. <laughs> well, He's trying to sit and you pull a chair out. From, it's like a classic prank you do as a child. But, you know, now you're a goose. <laughs> You do do one nice thing to earn yourself the flower that you have to be awarded. You see two women enjoying lunch together, just having a lovely afternoon, getting to know each other. And there's a little area and you can stand up next to them. And they look at you and they go, oh shit, that's a goose. And one of them kind of motions for you to nod and you duck to nod and then kind of raises her arms and you raise your arms to flap. So she's kind of directing you and you're like, I feel you. Doing some Simon Says. Yeah. And at the end of your performance, they both clap and they give you a flower and it's the sweetest fucking moment in the game. Oh, so like a bravo, bravo. And they throw flowers at you. Yeah. Because like how fucking cute would it be to be having (laughs) lunch and then a bird comes up and performs at you? Like that would be amazing. Yeah. I'd give it at least a flower. Oh my god of course if not like i don't know like a some selfie? bread yeah yeah some bread maybe a, <laughs> maybe a grape a nice yeah. a nice grape a nice bird grape it's just it's so sweet how impressed they are and it truly is like the nicest moment of the game so back to the uh other shit this is also where you get the meme of the goose with the knife in his mouth. Where peace was never an option. Peace was never an option. <laughs> so in the setting the table area, there's a little booth kind of in the back of the pub. It's not a booth. It's like a table area. It's like a two top to bring it back to restaurant terms. And you have to steal items from the other tables in the pub. And one of them is a knife. So yes. you're literally running around with a knife in your ha- hand. Excuse me. Not hand. Bill? Yeah, in in your goose bill. In your goose bill, yeah. I don't know the anatomy of a goose very well. It's like, (laughs) I'm going to second guess that comment. And so you run around with a knife, but it's just 
man, the memes on that <laughs> right. really carried us through COVID, you guys. <laughs> Peace was never an option. People have that tattooed on them now. That's so weird. But it is really cool to have all this footage of a goose terrorizing a neighborhood with a knife in his right. mouth. <laughs> Once you complete all of your tasks, you unlock the last task, just like with the other levels. Mm. But this one's personal. What's personal about it? Here, your last task before you leave the pub in complete disarray is to drop a bucket on the burly man's head as revenge for his discrimination. Well, that makes perfect sense. Because <laughs> fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Justice Don't for discriminate. Goose. It's a goose. Yeah. He's ungovernable. Yeah, he can overthrow governments. He overthrew Margaret Thatcher and now you live in a Marxist society. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) There's now separation of church and state because of a goose. And you know what's funny is like, I'm not trying to bury the lead, but so much of this is going to just sound familiar next week. (laughs) Good fucking Easter egg for that one. If you're binging these, I appreciate you for knowing what's coming up. And if you're listening to these live, oh boy. It's going to be a little darker than this episode, but that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, but it's going to sound very familiar many times. Yes. So after you've ruined many people's lives, (laughs) 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 sorry, how could I not? Yeah. You move on to the last area. Oh, okay. The model village. It's just a model village? You swim through the canal into the model village where you walk through a pretty accurate miniature version of the entire village you spent your day terrorizing so now you're like a godzilla version of the goose in this model village yes oh my god this is wonderful yes and it's literally you walk through it in the same pattern that you walk through the game so you start with the groundskeeper in the garden oh yeah you go through high street and there's a little tiny miniature groundskeeper that kind of looks like him and you knock him over with your stupid flat foot oh hell yeah (laughs) And you can honk and you can knock shit over and, you know, the shops are complete with a phone booth that you drop the child in. Hell yeah. The back gardens, there's the pub. Everything is the exact same as the world you've been terrorizing all day. Just tiny. You're like, honk, honk. Yeah, full Godzilla. (laughs) Goosezilla up in this bitch. Goggle-or. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And... Oh, it's so good. There's little tiny model villagers looking on and admiring the model village and you stomp through the model village and then there's the tinier version of the model village in the model village. So like... Wait, really? They went even smaller with it? Yeah, there's no saying how small it went, but it's very cute. Okay, I love that. So you've truly followed your path all the way up to this point in the game, which is really sweet. And then you move on to a model village castle. It could be a church, but it kind of looks like a castle, like TBD. And there's this beautiful gold bell at the very top. Okay. And you decide, that's mine now. (laughs) You honk at it, and you bonk at it, and you destroy the model castle until the facade comes tumbling down, and you can steal the gold bell. Goddamn right. And now you only have one task. Take it all the way back home. Oh, so you have to walk all the way back? You have to waddle all the way back. Oh. It's not a walk, honey. It's a waddle. 
you're a goose. And do you get chased? No, not really, but okay. they kind of, well, you know, they're not happy to see you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you've been terrorizing this town all day. You've ruined people's lives. You've uh, concussed a man. You've held some people hostage. <laughs> you've certainly committed theft and vandalism. You've assaulted an old man. And <laughs> so... You know, you're walking by a couple different anti-goose signs and anti-goose propaganda pieces. It's pretty great. And In his defense, he is a goose. Yeah, in his defense, he's ungovernable. <laughs> he did overthrow a government. Yeah. So you're waddling around. The bell is ringing. You can honk to make the bell ring, which is really cool. And you round out your day of terror with the sweet sound of bells as you travel through the village like a criminal reminiscing at the scene of the crime. <laughs> As you approach your goose home, you bring the bell back to a ditch. Just a hole in the ground? Yeah, it's a ditch. Okay. As you look down, the ditch is full of the previous day's bells. Oh, God. Souvenirs from your ongoing reign of terror. So you just keep stealing bells. The end. <laughs> So he is on a bendy in the ink machine, just constant loop as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like the implication is that he wakes up and does the same loop every single day. Every fucking morning. And these people's lives are just terrorized by this goose. And every day he assaults a man. <laughs> every day he holds someone hostage. Every day there's ar like, I was going to say arson. Excuse me. You know what? That's the natural evolution of the goose is to set it on fire he steals knives like there's this is why the burly man does not like him and tries to chase him out but every day the burly man is also hit with a fucking bucket to the head so he's concussed who knows what's going on there but i uh, mean i was gonna say no wonder the myopic kid is terrified of him if he gets getting like trapped every fucking day yeah the myopic kid is like this goose terrorizes me steals my shit and makes me buy it back from that mean lady at high street and the lady's only mean because every time she comes home her prized rose is just duct taped back together while her dumb shit <laughs> husband is like, hey, so I broke a vase. <laughs> it was in our yard. I threw it back and it cracked into a million pieces. And we can't go to the pub because they lost all their pint glasses. All their knives are gone. So we can't go out to dinner. I mean, top secret lore. This is actually the town of Wellington Wells. <laughs> And they're all on joy, and this is from We Happy Few, and that's why none of them remember shit the next day, and why this goose is able to just run around terrorizing everyone. I'm so upset you got there, and I did it! Oh my god! I genuinely really liked We Happy Few, and oh, do I love British content? I think you do. Although that was also made by Canadians, so maybe I like British content made by non-Brits? I don't know, one of my favorite American books is American God written by Neil Gaiman, who is very British. I mean, one of our favorite games on the show, Heavy Rain, is, you know, made by French people about America. That's true. And clearly voiced by French people who <laughs> did not know how to pronounce things because they call it origami and origami interchangeably yep. for no reason. <laughs> but that is plot, lore, and more behind infamous link-beating untitled goose game link beating it, yeah it beat link the fact that it beat link in the nintendo eShop, like what a fucking slap to the face that nintendo took that day holy shit do yeah. you think they were pissed 
They had to have been. Somebody got fired over that. Do you think someone in marketing just, like, lost their minds being like, we poured $8 million into promoting this fucking game, putting out posters, getting cutouts, doing demos, like, seeding fucking review copies, making sure streamers had their hands on it so they could put content out and just... And got their asses kicked by a goose. $80 game came out and kicked our fucking asses. Yeah. You know, goose, yeah, goose game was like 20 bucks, 15 Oh, no, bucks. I just meant 80 bucks to produce. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just, this was truly the little game that could. This is such a good underdog story. You know, we do cover a lot of pretty dark games. This one had no bio shots. This was a sober episode. Yeah. And it's lovely. You know, there's still um, violence and there's still crime, but <laughs> it's mischief and mayhem and it's sweet and it's delightful. And if you like games where you can just kind of zone out, play some stuff, you don't have to be a good shot. This is going to be a good beginner game if you have someone who wants to get into gaming but True. is nervous about the dexterity. You know, when I got into gaming in my 20s, it was a whole thing of like, oh, I can't no scope fucking snipe someone. And you're like, that's not all gaming is. But from the outside, it can seem like that's what gaming is. But there's games like this. There's games like Wolf Among Us. There's games like Heavy Rain and, you know, that are QTE heavy or that are silly puzzlers where you can still really appreciate the world of gaming and be a gamer and love this world without being fucking full on <laughs> fucking Team Fortress 2, fucking where we dropping boys Fortnite, like let's go kind of shit. Like there is a place for you in gaming no matter what your skill level is and this was such a good example of that and where you can still have fun still wreck house like obviously that just doesn't compare to an evil Arthur run in Red Dead or right. A mean Bigby run in Wolf Among Us. Well, actually, it's kind of like... But, <laughs> but, you know, gaming is for everyone. This is a great example of that. And you know what? Fuck you. I can still find some weird-ass lore and <laughs> get some cool stories about the goose that took down the Iron Lady. I mean, that's pretty true. Oh, yeah, and if you can't play the games, there's this show. Yeah. <laughs> so, thanks, Goombas, for listening. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. I fucking told you guys I could get some lore out of the title <laughs> Goose Game. People truly, you know, at Amazing Comic Con, we had a poster for season five showcasing all the games we were researching. And people kept asking, how the fuck is there lore to Untitled Goose Game? And I went, well, did you know the goose dethroned Margaret Thatcher? And I went, no, she, no, it fucking didn't. <laughs> yeah, this is in an alternate universe. Everyone just gave me the same look of bewilderment and... Is this woman lying to me? <laughs> like, actively lying to me? And I was like, I had to follow it up with being like, the creators fucking confirmed it. It's in interviews. <laughs> it's been quoted. And man, it's fucking real. I, I love gaming so much. It's great stuff, isn't it? It's a great world, and I'm happy to be a part of it. And I'm happy you all chose to come down this weird fucking rabbit hole with me. And I want you all to go impress your friends by saying there's an alternate universe where Margaret Thatcher was dethroned by a goose. All of the UK is in a Marxist society. Everyone's happy and equal and... Except for the goose, because the goose is a goose, as the creators have said. <laughs> and some like it, honk. Some like it, honk. Ugh. 
All right. So where can people find us, Tom? You know, one thing we found out at Amazing Comic Con is that a lot of people want to listen to us on YouTube. We're on YouTube, if you guys didn't know that. There's no video portion to it, but all of our podcasts are available on YouTube. You can listen to us there. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the different things. Uh, Yeah, just make sure you give us a good thumbs up. You give us a subscribe. You give us a star rating. All the different things that you can do. Yeah, and if you want to get a hold of us, we're weirdly accessible, guys. Like, we're just kind of, I work from home. I'm hanging out. Yeah. You can shoot us an email. You can DM us on our Instagram. You can tag us on Instagram. I've been chatting with a couple of you. It's been very fun. I've been chatting with a lot of cosplayers we met because they are some of the most creative people in fandom. I am so jealous and full of admiration for cosplayers. I so wish I had the skill set to do shit like that because, man, cosplay is so fucking cool. Yeah, when we talk about us doing cosplay, it's we bought like a shirt that matches what somebody wore. (laughs) <laughs> the coolest thing I did was I did make some Aperture water bottles where I got like the die cut Aperture logo and put them on to be our Shell and Ratman pieces. That was the most DIY I got. But man, we saw really cool Five Nights at Freddy's cosplay where the lights and the eyes were flickering. Oh my gosh, oh, that was amazing. So cool and just so well done. You know, there was... There's a really cool Hollow Knight cosplay that I saw in love with. The Hawkman with the working wings was so fucking cool. No, it was all really, Uh, really cool stuff. Definitely check out our Instagram and our reels and stuff to check all that stuff out as well. Yeah, geek out with me. Uh, We will see you next week with another game that Tom's been hinting at. And I hope you guys can figure it out because, you know, we're in a very specific world of gaming right now. And if you're picking up what I'm putting down, I think you'll get there. Meow. Oh, that's all another hit. right, everybody. Well, that is all for this week. This is Tom and Andrea of the Other Castle reminding you never to skip the cutscenes. <laughs> and that if you mess with the honk, you, you get, get the, the bonk. bonk. Shoot us an email. We love you so much, Goombas. Have a great week. We will see you next week. Bye.